25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And I honestly, I should have started the show by saying I'm tired. <laughs> I It is the time of year for me where I, and Laura, you can relate as a, as a former higher education professional, April sucks. It does. April and August kind of suck. Although this is a little bit of a tangent to start the show, but we start so late in August that I worry that September might be more of a problem for me. Oh, do you not start until you start like, like August 29th? Oh, that is late. Yeah, right. I'm a little nervous that September is going to be the bad times. Well, as long as you're freed up by October, it's really awesome. I'm really actually, I live way too close to Traverse City for me to not have some free time to go up to the Traverse City Prospects tournament. So I need, I need to find some free time for that. So you need to you know, mark your calendar. And I think that's roughly around the time that John Mulaney will be in town. So. Oh, that's right. We do want to go see John Mulaney. Man, that could be a busy, busy weekend, but how are you all? How are you all doing? Laura, how are you? (laughs) Um, personally, emotionally damaged. Um, hockey wise also, Emotionally damaged. I was going to say, those feel related today more than usual, but nevertheless, you know, I'm glad to hear that that emotional damage is on the radar for you uh, this week. We all knew it would be. This is the episode that I think for the last probably three weeks we've been talking about Laura probably dreading to do the most, but I do think you're in a far more emotionally stable place than I expected you to be, especially considering the fact that the Blue Jackets laid an egg uh during cam atkinson's return but i feel like you are are pretty stable considering oh yeah i mean the blue jackets were big bad tonight um but and i did say in a previous episode that all i really wanted was for them to win tonight but they did win on tuesday so it, it is what it is but The point of this evening really was, um, as you said, the return of Cam Atkinson for the very first time since he was traded um, last July. And I'm emotional. You all know this. Like, I don't know why I keep explaining it. I'm an emotional person. I am a Pisces. If you look up the definition of empathy of empath in the dictionary, my picture is there. I physically feel all things. And I'm particularly this way right now because I also have some other things in like my personal life that make me a little bit more sensitive than normal. And so this week has been just hard and it was also like it's just been sad with cam because you know that he's had some time to sit with it and there's like at least six or seven really good articles that you should read if you're at all interested about like cam's (laughs) cam's situation and like how he has dealt with the trade and like all and you know the things that went down in regards to that situation and um, his relationship to Columbus, but, and I know I've said it before, but if you're new here, like Cam was the first player that I ever loved in hockey. Like he, I think it was maybe like my fifth ever Blue Jackets game and Jeremy leaned over to me and said, do you think that you've come to enough games to like have a favorite player? And before I could even think about it. I said, Cam Atkinson, number 13. And it was, you know, Cam from there on out. Um, But not only because of the kind of player that he is, but because of the kind of person that he is and the way that he 
really gave himself to the community, um, both the hockey community and the general Columbus community when he was here. Um, he was here for 10 years, um, still holds so many records um, in the Blue Jackets organization, played well over... I don't remember the total number of games that he played. They put it in the video tonight, but it was like, it's over 500. I think it was over 600 even. I feel like it might have been like 617. I don't know why that number is sticking in my head. Something of that nature. I mean, literally, the the Blue Jackets will be the biggest chunk of the pie for him when you look at the the graph of his career and just, just the impact that he had and even more so the like very dramatic nature on which Cam and the Blue Jackets parted ways. Um, and he talks about it pretty openly. I mean, literally the night before he was traded, he was at the arena for the draft party, meeting fans, signing autograph- autographs, kissing babies, as he likes to say. Um, having absolutely, I mean, being a part of the presentation for um, the draft pick, I mean, he was very much so earlier in that week, he had been part of some big meetings in regards to how they were going to rebuild the team and what that looked like. And, you know, he was in it like he was very much so in it. He was a big part of um, making Lars the next coach after um, Tortorella left. and he was he was in it like we joke around and call cam you know mr you know mr blue jacket but that's who he was and 12 hours later he was at home getting ready for his oldest son's birthday and in one simple phone call he was no longer a blue jacket um and you know there was a lot of there's a lot of things about the business side of of hockey that aren't fair for in feeling for the more sensitive fans and you know it would have been nice I think both in Cam's opinion and fans if he could have gotten a heads up that this was even being considered but um he's had some time and space and he I think was really happy to come back and he said he was nervous uh, to come back and play in Columbus. He actually called Nick a couple of weeks ago to ask how it went for him. And Nick was kind of like, mine was a little different because it was Rick's retire or Rick's Jersey retirement. Um, but I think also on the lines, Nick was like, I think you're going to be fine. Like, <laughs> I think that you are, you're going to be fine. Um, and he was, um, they obviously at warmups people had lots of signs and like welcoming him back and there's been videos and interviews and all that sort of stuff from today of him just being back in Columbus and uh revisiting all the staff in the building and like everything pretending that he was going to go into the blue jackets locker room on accident that was a painful video thank you very much um but yeah, they they did the whole um, second TV timeout in the first period video. Um, both teams allowed Cam to have the ice all to himself. So he just stood in the, on the ice and watched his video. And everyone just sort of watched in just like amazement of all the things that he accomplished when he was here and the impact. and there was clapping like all through the video, but like when the video was over, um, he got a standing ovation for like a solid 90 seconds of nothing, but just clapping and cheering. And he did a lap and very much so like got emotional and was saluting the crowd and, um, really got to have his moment. And so, yeah, it was, it was special. And I'm, We'll talk about why I'm saying this, but I was very glad that I was there to see it in person. And that was a lot of talking about camera. I was going to say, if it's not clear that this has been on Laura's heart for a long time, (laughs) uh, now it is. Uh, (laughs) So, I mean, kind of going back to 
you know, uh, what you said a little bit earlier when you <laughs> oh, you mean 15 <laughs> minutes ago when I started it was actually him? it was actually probably four and a half minutes ago. Um, that's why I like, could you tell me pausing my ADHD was kicking in? I'm like, oh my God, what was I going to say? I do forget entirely. <laughs> um, but no, when you said the piece about, uh, you know, me asking you about your favorite player, I always get nervous to ask people that like, it's always the Jersey question for me too. It's like, if you're going to buy a Jersey, like what Jersey do you buy? Because there's always like kind of a curse where it's like, you buy a Jersey and something happens. I mean, I bought a Josh Anderson Jersey, not before he was traded. Um, <laughs> but it was before the jackets, um, switched over to uh it was the switch from Reebok to uh, Adidas and I was like you know what like I want to get it I want to get a Josh Anderson jersey like all this kind of stuff and the bastard changes his number from 34 to 77 it's like come on like I mean like it's just like it's things like that where it's like I just always get so apprehensive about stuff like that and similarly I always think it's hard to pick a favorite player because you never know what's going to happen like people get traded all the time people don't resign people retire, all this kind of stuff. And when you said Cam, I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, cause I'm like, this is safe. Like, this feels like good and golden. Like we're going to be good. And to be fair, like for four years, I mean like, yeah, it was fine. But I mean, I had never been more sure of, of a pick from, from anybody, but uh, obviously we know where that is <clears throat> today, but uh, yeah, I mean, just absolutely cool. Right. To, to have a couple of these moments. It's something that, that really is, I don't want to say it's new to Columbus, but if you think about it, like there haven't been a ton of guys recently that have been just these like really long staple. I mean, like we're talking about like Nick Felino. I mean, like that's like, those are, I mean, just pillars of, of a lot of what this new era of blue jackets has been. And so, um, you know, when, when Seth, I mean, even when Seth Jones finally has his return to Columbus, although that's going to have like a different connotation, like <laughs> obviously the first time, you know, he didn't play. Uh, and so think of next year when Seth Jones comes back and, you know, you think of, you know, what could have happened if the Jackets would have parted from Boone or would have parted from Zach and like, all these kind of things like that could have been such a, a weird, uh, like, it's the first really core group of Blue Jackets that have had such immense success comparatively, like in the grand scheme of things. I mean, no cups or whatever have you, but, but like that's the first group that's done it. And, and to have them come back, it's just kind of cool. Like you said, to just see it be given the space that it deserves and, and the love and adoration that it deserves because I mean, that's a special player. I mean, like you said, when, when you texted me, it's like, it's you kind of forget just how much history Cam owns or like is so close to owning or, or is second to, to Rick Nash and pretty much every major category in Blue Jackets history. And so it is just incredibly cool to be able to honor him in that way. And he's this, gener I think he's this generation's Rick Nash, right? Like, I think he's like the player that, was like you said, Mr. Blue Jacket, and and the consistency wasn't always always there, but when it was, I mean, it was just special all the time on the ice, but even more special off the ice. And so, really glad that we were able to celebrate him on uh, Thursday. But before we got the chance to do that on Tuesday, the Blue Jackets broke the streak, had lost seven games in a row, as we talked about on the episode that got released on Tuesday. And the Blue Jackets found a way to finally put a W in the win column for the first time since the middle of March when they beat St. Louis. And uh, they they took one home, Laura. They beat the Philadelphia Flyers. And, uh, I mean, just an absolute relief for them to be able to do that. They win that game 4-2 to despite being outshot 49-30. to I mean, woof. <laughs> um, and that, of course, coming off of a back-to-back -back for Elvis. I mean... We've talked about, you know, our our desire to use or not use him to the extent that they have, but uh, it is certainly admirable to only give up two goals on forty nine shots when you're playing the second of a back to back, and the Jackets they got it done. Yeah, I mean, it was it wasn't the prettiest of games in Philadelphia, but it was definitely like, and it's almost we talked about it a little bit too. Like it's hard to to understand that we had lost seven games in a row 
because so many of those games weren't necessarily bad hockey. They were like really solid efforts, but against teams that like we were just outmatched. Like we weren't as physical, we or we were trying to be as physical. And so the next day we were completely gassed, like, or the next game we would be completely gassed. Like it was just a lot of up and down scenarios and especially after the like really frustrating loss to Boston the night before um and a bunch of shady you know a bunch of shady shit with Brad Marchand and like just all that sort of stuff like you really just wanted the Blue Jackets to get a little grace in this scenario. Like it didn't, like you said, it wasn't a pretty win. Um, We should have won by a lot more in that game because we definitely like projections wise and all that sort of stuff. Like we're just technically a better team than the Flyers. And, but we pulled it off in the end. We definitely tried to not um, on certain occasions, but we pulled it off in the end and it was a much needed, like a much needed reminder that like, it's still a possibility. (laughs) And the team, I mean, obviously you don't know all the guys' opinions, but like from interviews, you know, the guys have been really good about saying, that they want to still be in it in every game. They want to still bring it every night that they're out on the ice, regardless of not going to the playoffs or whatever. Like they've been really good about keeping that mentality. So like after those seven brutal games, like you kind of want it, you kind of want them to have a reprieve and like feel like their work is like, generating something so it was really really nice and especially for elvis too my god 49 shots like that's so much he had so many big saves um in that game but you know even aside from that we got to see um someone who will hopefully be a big part of the future of this team get his very first not only NHL point, but an assist and a goal from a newbie Carson Myers, uh, which was just such a big, big thing. He is a Columbus born and bred through all forms of Columbus hockey, an Ohio State graduate. Like, he is the epitome of an Ohio hockey player and to see him get in his second ever NHL game, get his first assist and his first goal um, and a win. Cause we don't always give, we don't always get wins when someone gets their first goal. Um, But that was really special and a nice, a nice reprieve from, I think the, the drudgery we've all been facing. Yeah. I mean, I think those are the moments that kind of recharge you and get you excited for the future, obviously. And I think it's been a minute since we've had – anytime you get a player that gets their first NHL goal, it's just such a cool thing uh, to be able to be a part of and to be able to watch. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where it's like at the end of the day, is Carson Meyer probably going to be a top six forward that's putting up 30 to 40 goals a season? Like probably not. Like I wouldn't live. But, like, it's probably not his role. It's probably not what he's destined to be. So every one of these goals matters a lot. Like, every one of these goals is really cool. It's not – to me, it's not the same situation as, like, Igor Chinnikov and Cole Cylinder where you're like, yeah, like, goal three, four, five, and six are cool. But, like, sooner or later we're going to be talking about, like, goal 100, goal 200, like, that kind of deal. So all of these are precious for a player like Carson Meyer. And you feel especially good for the kid because Cleveland has just been – bad this year especially as of late and so for him to be able to to come up to the jackets and to be able to flex that that muscle of of, you know getting some nhl starts uh you know tonight against the flyers he makes his third and so you know 
like we talked about after the game against the Bruins, he only played three minutes and 16 seconds against the Bruins. And you knew that he was going to get a little bit more of an opportunity against Philadelphia when you you know found out that he made the trip with the team. And, and he got exactly that. He got opportunities and that, that group was firing on all cylinders. Like Robinson and Meyer looked really good together. So Gons into that equation and Gons has looked really good recently. And that's been nice for the jackets. I think, you've got a lot of really good projections for some bottom six forwards on this team. And that part is starting to fill out. I think it's more so, and it's what we've discussed before. It's more so what is going to happen with that top six, because the bottom six right now seems to be pretty solid, but who's going to fill in those really pivotal roles up top. And are you going to start to have people that, that just like lose, lose a home because it just hasn't happened for them. I mean, Carson Meyer, and then this is like no disrespect to, to him, but like Liam Foodie, like just by the product of injury, is isn't playing right now. And and so this is an opportunity where it's like, yeah, like Igor Chinikov, you're hurt, would be a perfect opportunity for a player like Liam Foodie to come up and get his chance. But instead, Carson Meyer's here and he's taking advantage of his chance and he's looking good while he's doing it. And so I think just it's going to be fascinating to see how the develop of some of the, the development of some of these players turns out over the course of the next 10 games. Obviously we've got 10 games left in the season and it's going to be a lot of fun to see what Lars does to, to give us some interesting line combos and some opportunities for some newbies to get on the ice. And uh, I'm sure sooner or later we'll see some really exciting newbies on the ice. And, and I know that excites Blue Jackets fans across the, the greater Columbus area. And it's just a lot of, really fun and cool things. Yeah. We started to see um, Lars do a little bit of like what I like to refer to as like line boggle. Um, he, because the Jack- the Blue Jackets were just not doing well this evening in, in the game. Like it just kind of from the get, it just was not good. I mean, the only goal that they got was a shorthanded goal by Eric Robinson in the first period, um, which obviously we, we ended the first period leading, you know, up one, nothing, but essentially after that, the flyers dominated the rest of that game. Um, and we just, there was no rhythm and no flow. There was, and what's kind of sad about it too is yes, I just said that the flyers dominated, but like, the Flyers didn't necessarily play well either. Like they just happened to play slightly better than the Blue Jackets and get a couple really lucky bounces. Um, Cause yes, I know that the Blue Jackets social media related humans like to shit on Elvis, but it really wasn't necessarily like Elvis' fault. They were a couple like, really just unfortunate bounces and circumstances that led to a couple of their goals. And so there's not really much you can do about it. Um, But it was kind of just, it was a weird battle of like two bad teams against each other. And one team just happened to play slightly better um, and get a little bit of puck luck. So like, you know, and that happens. We talk about how the Blue Jackets sometimes instead of playing to just their own standards, they play up or play down based on the team that they're playing. And they really decided that they wanted to meet the flyers at their own level. Like, and that's just unfortunate. Um, I also think that there's some fatigue happening. Uh, We've played a lot of hockey in a small amount of time um, against some really, really, like I said earlier, some really, really physical and like well-playing teams. And that's exhausting. Um, We've also been playing Elvis constantly. I mean, the mere fact that that man doesn't need to be like physically carried off the ice is astounding. Like we've just been playing the boys to death and, you know, it's not really going to, they get a little bit of a break this upcoming week because there's like um, a decent check of time between um, after they play in Detroit on Saturday um, before they play again. So they do get like a solid four days um, 
to not be playing a game. They're going to have practices in there, obviously, but like they're going to be at home. They're going to be sleeping in their own beds. They're going to have at least one day, one full day off in that time period. So they're going to get to take a, a breath. Um, but yeah, they're exhausted and you can tell, um, they're trying, but it's kind of like when a toddler is like really, really tired, but they don't want to admit that they're tired. So they just like get these random like bursts of energy because they're trying to keep themselves awake. Um, that's kind of like, that's kind of how the Blue Jackets were playing this evening. Like they just, every once in a while you'd be like, oh, okay. And then they'd just like fall over. Like it just was not, not cohesive in any way. Um, but obviously it would have, it would have been great to, to show Cam, you know, that we're, we can do it, but it, I mean, it was just two bad teams against each other. So, and hey, at least we kept him from scoring. I told Jeremy um, that for as, as much mistakes as there were tonight, the one thing that Elvis really did well was not letting Cam score. This is true. So, this is true. Just- yeah. And I think the one thing, you know, ultimately, it's a weird time of year where a lot of the hockey that quote unquote matters is between teams that are fighting for playoff spots and all this kind of stuff. And of course, sadly, we are not in that situation. The Philadelphia Flyers are not in that situation. Um, but do you know what can make these kind of games just so exciting? Uh, betting on DraftKings? Yes, when you bet on them on DraftKings because if you bet and you win, you're going to get so much in free rewards. Uh, and, you know, I've been telling you about it ever since, uh, you know, you know, last month or so. And so I want to continue to tell you all about it because I don't think you understand just how into this I am. But the NHL season, it's been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins sometimes. Uh, and as the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big, too, because new customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you because if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you're still going to have a shot to light the lamp because everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests because DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, to your point about Elvis keeping Cam off of the scorecard, um, you know, or at least from, from scoring a goal, between, you know... Cam Atkinson, Nick Felino, unless David Savard finds a way to put it in the net on the jackets when they play next Wednesday, we're going to go the whole season without letting up a goal to any of our beloved. That is true, which I guess even if we don't win, uh, that is something that we have been able to do is keeping our returning players um, or returning former players from scoring. Which was something that I know that you were very passionate about, especially with Cam. I know you did not want Cam to score on us in any of these matchups. I remember the first matchup, which everybody can go and listen to our reactions of from whatever episode that was back in January. But I I just remember being on the phone with you watching that game and you being like pissed whenever Cam would take a shot, like mad vehemently at him for, you know, really even just existing. And so... <laughs> Uh, I'm just really happy that he was not able to to get a goal. I made a joke to you uh, yesterday, just that the team tonight was Military Appreciation Night. The team did a lot of really cool stuff to honor the military personnel, uh, past, present, and future, uh, which is cool, too, uh, in the arena tonight. But they gave out free, you know, military hats, like Blue Jackets military hats, to the first 5,000 fans that came in the door. And I was like, well, that'll be great for when Cam scores his hat trick and everybody <laughs> – to throw, throw a thing on the ice like 
So I'm glad that I didn't manifest that for you. I'm glad that that wasn't the reality. And I'm glad that he did not score at all on us this season. Yeah. I should, I mean, I obviously, like, Cam's on my fantasy team. So, like, I I want him to score and do well. It's just harder when it's against us. And obviously when it's him coming back, you know, to play for the very first time. So he will eventually score for the first time against us at some point next season more than likely um but you know it's just it's just hard in those moments because like tried and true like blue jacket fan here so obviously i want the the success of the team um but i do still care deeply about you know cam's success and all that all that he does um because he's just a good person i think too and that's always been a, a important thing for me um when getting to know this sport is like understanding the the person behind the player and um you know for cam there's just a lot of good there so but you know we made it through we made it through season one of cam not being a blue jacket so that is one good way to look at it and you made it through this entire episode without crying well, I haven't told my favorite part yet, so oh, <laughs> I may cry during that. So, uh, but yeah, is there anything else we want to talk, talk about game wise before I talk? Continue to talk about Cam. <laughs> uh, no, I will give you the floor for the next ten minutes. Oh, awesome! Thank you. Um, no, it's just you know to continue to continue the conversation about Cam. Um, it's just one of those things where when stuff like this happens and like, I know I was angry when he got traded, but I also know that he was angry when he got traded and there was a lot of big feelings and a lot of like healing that needed to, to be done. And ultimately like in the end, I do think it's a good thing that he gets to experience being in a different market and being in a different fan base and, and whatnot, but my faith in his like loyalty to Columbus has been restored um, just from this singular conversation that he had, which is just the most cam thing to happen. Um, so if, again, if you've read any of the like six or seven articles that have been written in the last couple of days featuring interviews with cam, um, then you probably know the story of Cam and Natalie's house here in Columbus. And um, so essentially what happened is when Cam got traded, they really like pretty quickly sold their house in Columbus. Um, they had built this beautiful home um, in Upper Arlington um, uh, just a couple of years ago, like not, not that long ago. I think, 2019 was when they moved into it because that was the year we swept Tampa and Matt Duchesne lived in Cam's old apartment that they had just moved out of. I know too much weird information. Um, but so they built this beautiful house. Both of their kids um, came home to this house. Like they just had really started building their family and their life in Columbus in this house. And then like we talked about earlier, this bomb gets dropped on them that he's getting traded to Philadelphia. And so um, I think they were kind of like, well, we're just going to go all in in Philadelphia and we're going to, um, you know, obviously Columbus is still there and it's going to be there like for when Cam retires and, you know, for random visits here and there while he's still playing. But, you know, we're really going to go all in in this Philadelphia thing. So they sell the house in Upper Arlington and they go to Philadelphia and they end up buying a house in New Jersey, which is like right across the Pennsylvania line where I guess a lot of the more mature flyers players play live. Um, it's like the ones that have families and stuff. Like they all live in this little area. Um, I guess actually the house that Cam bought is um, the house of a, a Flyers player that had gotten either traded or retired. 
Which always blows my mind because that, that happens all the time. And I don't know if there's just like a realtor that's in charge of making sure that these. Oh, I'm sure there never, has to be. Like, it's just so strange. It's not like it happens all the time. And I mean, it's convenient. It's kind of like um, when you like need to get rid of your lease, but it's not up yet. Like, um, what's that called when you. Get someone to take over your lease. Oh, it's like subleasing. Like, yeah, sublet. Yeah, like subleasing. Um, only with purchasing of multi-million dollar homes. Um, and <laughs> so they, they purchased this home in New Jersey. And I guess there was like some serious regret about selling the house in Columbus. And by some struck of luck, like strike of luck, their house in Columbus came back on the market like three or four months after they sold it. And so Cam bought it again <laughs> and more than likely paid more money the second time around just based on the housing market in Columbus um, than he did to build the house um, the first time. And that is now going to be their permanent residence in the off season and once cam retires and so um that whole just scenario and how he's talked about that and how much the because there were also interviews with the people who run the battery for cam the battery um hockey academy and just how active he has gotten to be even though he's no longer playing in Columbus um so yeah so I I firmly believe now that Columbus is home for the Atkinsons and that Cam's you know legacy is solidified in the fifth line uh forever regardless of where he's playing and regardless of what sweater he wears um and yeah, and I still hope one day that I get to bake for him, but we'll see if that ever gets to happen. We'll make it happen. It's going to have to. I just, I'm manifesting it. He said it in a cameo. <laughs> it just has to happen. So Cam, we know you listen. So <laughs> you gotta, you gotta take Laura up on it. I'm personally a fan of pretty much anything she makes. So I, say, I promise I'm not a weirdo. People do actually buy my baked goods. So speaking of this, speaking of this in some way, I this is entirely unrelated to hockey. It's entirely unrelated to anything we've talked about so far today. It's just one of these little tangents that centers around your making that hopefully can be an advertisement for you. Um, mm -hmm. So we're doing student employee appreciation week next week at work. And it is 80s themed. And so I'm like, what? Like, we were doing a potluck and it's like, bring in something 80s. I'm like, what in the hell is like 80s food to bring in? And I'm looking through, and for me, like, I'm looking through this list. My parents, like, like high school, college age in the 80s. So I grew up on, uh, on what is considered 80s food as I'm going through it. And I'm annoyed, like, as I'm going through, I'm like, this isn't helpful at all. I don't know what I'm going to bring. Then I find an article that says the two things, dessert-wise, that are quintessential 80s, and I will allow you to push back. This is a Pinterest pin that I found, um, was trifles <laughs> and a croquembouche. Trifles being the thing that Laura is like expert at. Like, I mean, like if you ask any of our friends, like trifles are the thing. Cam, again, if you're listening, I would highly recommend like the banana pudding trifle, really any like kind of fruit trifle. Like, it's gonna be really great. You're gonna love it. Um, but the croquembouche being the thing that Laura like tags as this like feat of hers one day to be able to to create uh, in some way, shape, or form. And I'm like, fuck off! As if I'm bringing a croquembouche to work. I was like, what is this bullshit? So. I thought you'd enjoy that little tidbit. I do enjoy that. And I uh, I do, I assume that they're 80s. I mean, they're not like the most modern desserts. They're mostly like British things, though. Like they are very it much... It could have been a British pin. It could have been. I have no idea. Like it, it's very possible. But yes, trifles are, they were one of the first things that I started making to like actually bring in for people when I was, when 
Jeremy and I were working at the same place, um, I started making trifles and they're just really pretty and they're really fun. And you can do like fun combinations of flavors of things with them. Um, and I, I don't like to toot my own horn, but like people do really enjoy them. So yeah, they're um, pretty great. But then the croquembouche, if you don't know, what, <laughs> you don't know what a croquembouche <laughs> is. A croquembouche is because you're not going to be able to spell it. So you got yeah, it, it's not spelled like correctly. And even if you try and spell it phonetically, it won't. Um, but essentially what it is, is it's a tower of cream puffs that are held together with caramel or caramel if you're English. Um, and then they're kind of formed into like a, like almost like a Christmas tree shape. And then the big thing about croquembouches is that you are supposed to um, like spin the caramel. So it's like wispy, almost like cotton candy. And then you put that around the Christmas tree tower of cream puffs and it's like this big display piece and when done right they're like very impressive they do them at least once a season on the great british baking show so if you ever watch that um but they're they're very complicated to make because every aspect of them is like really time consuming especially caramel is incredibly difficult to make and not burn. Um, and then so is sh uh, shoe or p shoe pastry, which is what is the outside of a cream puff. Um, and so, yes, croquembouches. And I do believe, and when I thought about this the other day, um, I do believe that when we talked about what we would put in the Stanley Cup, I did say a croquembouche as well. Oh, you did, I think. I don't remember who we were talking about, who we were talking the Stanley Cup question with. Was this with Dylan? I'm not sure, but I do know that you've said it before. Um, and it occurred to me after we had that conversation that I was like, I have said before that I wanted to put croquembouche in the Stanley Cup. So, but wow. yeah, that's so funny that... I don't think I would make a croquembouche for Cam, but like if he wanted a trifle, I would absolutely do that. Um, if he wants a croquembouche, you're gonna make it. I know. Well, you. then yeah, then I'm gonna like burn all my fingertips off trying to make caramel, and probably burn my house down at the same time. But I'll be there with you. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but uh, I will have to keep you posted on whether or not I might need you to bring the trifle dish up that you have. No. You oh yeah, I was just about to ask you if you wanted me to bring you. Well, because uh, pistachio pudding was also something that was brought up, so I'm feeling like a pistachio pudding trifle might have to be the move. That is 80s. Pistachio yeah, pudding right? like an 80s situation, but it would be good. Right? I know. I'm thinking the same thing, but I say bring it this weekend because, Laura, we are going to the Red Wings and the Blue Jackets game on Saturday. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Subjectively speaking, is going on a road trip. On the road again. Even though um, we've never been on the road before. <laughs> we've never we've never <laughs> been on the road before. This will actually be my first ever Blue Jackets away game. I need to have a moment with the listeners. Oh, I no. need you to act like you're not here. Okay. Okay, actually, you know, I'm even, you know, what I'm gonna do? I'm, I'm gonna remove you from the stream. Um, so I can have a moment with the listeners. Hi, listeners. I need you to know something. I'm scared. I'm afraid. Um I, we're going to, I'm nervous. Laura, she do be, I don't know if you've heard this before on the show, maybe even today. You maybe even heard it today. Laura can be emotional. And so I'm a little worried. <laughs> I am watching her off stream, like in the green room, um, that we're going to get kicked out of, out of Little Caesars Arena. I'm like worried that like Laura is going to like, somebody's going to say something about somebody out loud and like Laura is going to forget where she is and she's just going to like say what's on her chest or she's going to scream like rebounds are important or this is your power play out loud, really loud. And people are just going to look at us crazy. And um, I don't mean any of this. Uh, of course to say I, I know it's going to be great and i'll bring you back in so that way you can yell at me for 
for dragging you, but I, it's going to be such a fun experience to watch you do this. I, you know, thankfully my first away game, I don't think it was Kelly's first away game, but Kelly accompanied me to my first away game. And that was nice because, you know, Kelly and I have a similar mindset. I think you and I have a similar mindset. Like, I, I really actually enjoy when visiting fans come to Nationwide Arena. Now, I'd be lying to you if I said I love it when they take over Nationwide Arena. Like, but that's yeah, more yeah, of a, yeah. that's more of like a, come on, Blue Jackets fans, like, let's be better and get more butts and seats, like, of our people than it is, like, me being mad at them because, like, they're just buying a ticket. Like, what can you do? Um, but as long as an away fan is, like, cordial and is, is nice and, like, isn't afraid to – I mean – Kelly and I, I mean, we went to the game that the Blue Jackets lost 5 nothing. That would have been the 17th game in a row of their winning streak in Washington, D.C., and that was just terrible. But by the time we're down 4 or 5 nothing, like, we're just like, come on, like, let's go Caps. Like, let's just, like, what the hell? Like, let's just have fun. Um, and, and so, like, as long as you can be that kind of away fan, I think it's actually a really cool experience. I love meeting away fans. I love having good conversation with away fans. And so I feel like those are the kind of away fans. I know I'm that kind of away fan, and I think you are too. Well, and I think that I really want to be a good away fan because I have had bad experiences with away fans at our arena. Um, and, like, I want to be respectful of, like, you know, just as much as I want someone to be respectful of the experience I'm having when I'm at Nationwide, like, I want to be that way for them in their home. Like, you are a guest in their home. So, like, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to, like, be cheering for the Red Wings while we're there, but, you know, I'm not going to, i highly, highly unlikely to, like, be very loud at all. Um or like say anything egregious uh but because like you know i want to be respectful also we're gonna jeremy forgets to mention that we're also gonna be with his dad i'm also worried that my dad is gonna get us in trouble that's why that was my next tidbit tidbit was like if there's anybody out of the three of us that is gonna be an issue it's not gonna be you and me (laughs) i was like very much so um i am typically on my best behavior with other people's parents, but also if anyone's getting crazy in this situation, it is 100% Randy. That's probably true. I, or me, I like, I, I do remember <laughs> this is the one Detroit game I went to. So Kelly and I, it was actually, it's a really fun story. I, I probably like, meant Zach Berensky's mom. Right. Like, so I feel bad, like telling it. I really feel like I should let her tell it, but um, we were, we were like, we have to go to see, a game in Joe Lewis arena before it closes. And so it was the last season that the jackets or, or excuse me, that the red wings were playing at the Joe. And so we were like, what the hell let's go. And we go to this game, a similar situation as the weekend. We actually, I think we stayed in Windsor and we drove over and back like for, it was, it was a really cool trip. And, uh, sorry, we yeah. can't do that this time. Cause I don't have a passport. <laughs> oh my God. You don't, I didn't know that, but no, that's totally fine because a bitch cannot afford to travel internationally right now, even though it's just a drive across the border. But I, <laughs> we're just like walking in the, in the concourse. And if you ever been to Joe Lewis arena, like, or if you ever went to Joe Lewis arena, it was just a shit show, but like in a good way of, of just like, so hard to navigate and like you had to go like upstairs and like down and around to like get to bathrooms and stuff it was just a mess like but all of a sudden this woman yells like hey stop her stop her and i'm like oh my god is somebody trying to fight kelly right now um and all i hear her say is like that's my son and i'm like oh my god i'm gonna throw up like and (laughs) and so i get kelly like hey kelly like come back and yeah sure shit it's it's mrs lorensky and we just chatted with her for a little bit and she was like i'm still not used to seeing my name on the back of a jersey i'm like well (laughs) it's really your son's but like yes i'm hearing you i'm getting what you're saying and because i think this at this point would have been his i don't know if it would have been his first full season or second full season i think it would have had to have been a second full season and so he got hit in the face wasn't it I'm not sure, to be honest. Like, all of that kind of blends together for me. But that was a lot of fun. But ultimately, the Blue Jackets won that game. 
in overtime after Seth Jones absolutely like textbook slashed the shit out of a Red Wings player, like broke his stick and everything, and then went down and scored. And Kelly and I both like reacted, obviously, like because you know it's I mean just a habit. We're like, yes, and then we're like ah, shit, they saw that. Like, everybody around us saw that. That's not good. Because, like, her and I, both being, like, sensical hockey fans, unlike the Bruins hockey fans that we were shitting on last episode, um, we're like, that was a slash. Like, we should not <laughs> we should not have just won this game. And as we're walking out, like, in the tunnel, we're like, it's a slash. We're sorry. It's a slash. It's a slash. We're, we're bad. Sorry. Slash. And that, yeah, that was a good experience. But that is the only road win I've ever experienced. So I'm undefeated in Detroit, but I've never seen a win anywhere else. I've seen two games in in Pittsburgh. They've lost both of those. And I've seen a game in in Washington. And like I said, they lost that game. So maybe maybe you'll start off 1-0 and I'll continue my Detroit winning record. uh, But we shall see together. It's going to be an adventure gonna be so good i can't wait to see you in this element a lot of big moments for you this week we didn't even talk about why today was a big moment i don't know if you wanted to laura went to her first game by herself which is one of my favorite activities like i'm such like a, i love just like sitting and like do it like just like tunnel visioning on games sometimes it's kind of relaxing to me but laura laura went to her first ever game by herself yeah um, it wasn't intended to be by myself. I am not the kind of person that really does things by herself, um, which is kind of sad now that I'm looking at it. Um, but everyone that I have lined up to go, because this, like we've said, this game has been like on my calendar as an important game that I wanted to be at in person for the whole season. Like yeah, the minute this... Yeah, the minute the schedule came out, I looked for the day that Cam was coming back to Columbus. And literally every person that I... Because obviously, distance is a factor with Jeremy. So, um, and it being a weekday. So, that it just wasn't going to work out. Um, And so, basically, ever since Jeremy moved, I've been, like, on the hunt for the right person to go with me to this game and went through quite a few people. Um, and ultimately the final person ended up getting sick. Um, and obviously I wasn't going to drag them out to a hockey game, not feeling well. Um, so at one point today I was considering giving away the tickets and, not going and just watching it at home. And Jeremy very swiftly said, I know that you will regret not going. I then texted my, one of my very best friends. And she said, I think that you're going to regret not going. Well, I didn't know this part of the story. Yeah. You and Becky really need to like, stop being on the same wavelength. Yeah. You're, you're totally right. Um, and so I just decided that I was going to go to at least see um, the stuff in the first period for Cam. And if I wasn't feeling it after that, that I would just leave. This is all to say I have ge- a generalized anxiety disorder. So, like, this isn't just, like, me being, like, I physically have, like, a situation where I don't, I'm very uncomfortable at places by myself. Um, but I did it and I stayed through the end of the second period, but things were starting to get dicey. And so I was like, I'm just going to drive home and listen to the rest of the game. And so, but I did it and it was fine. So I'm so proud. And I do really owe Becky a drink. Uh, But yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting experience. When I went to Michigan, I mean I went to that you know U of M game, uh, watched that game by myself, and that was probably the first time that I ever was like, this is kind of like I don't know if I'm in my element, just because I'd never been there too. That didn't help. Um, speaking of Michigan, they lost tonight. Michigan lost tonight in the Frozen Four, so that means that Ken Johnson, barring anything that like is ridiculous, like I joked with Laura about, like just like an incredibly like preposterous scenario where it's like all the Michigan kids are like 
god damn it we deserve to win a championship like why can we not win a championship together and they're all just like fuck it we're coming back that's not happening folks like every one of those kids is leaving but how funny would that be but all that to say likely ken johnson's college career is over and at any point you could probably look for him to maybe make a jump over to the nhl like i said earlier in the show that's something that i know excites a lot of blue jackets fans and it should uh and then you've got you know a lot of those other guys who i don't know that there's really anybody on that team that would be jumping over to comp- to a competitor i think pretty much everybody who's on that team is such a high draft pick that the teams that they would be going to would not be great right now which is fine yeah. I mean, like owen, owen power in buffalo you know luke hughes in new jersey um brendan brisson in seattle i mean all those guys are, are they're not going to playoff teams so it'll be interesting to see how that all materializes for all of those guys not just ken johnson but then also it's one of those things where it kind of sucks too that the monsters are so out of things because like if the monsters were potentially going to make the playoffs then you've got an opportunity for him to to actually be able to like play for the monsters in the playoffs and have a, a playoff run. Obviously that's not going to happen, but how cool would that have been? But we'll, ha- we'll, you know, it is what it is, but uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens on that front. Can't, can't expect for him to make it the start here on Saturday in Detroit, although would make some, some geographical sense given where he went to college, but I think that's too quick of a turnaround to get him on the ice and get him acclimated. Uh, but beyond beyond ELC watch, folks, beyond entry level contract watch for Kent Johnson. It's exciting times. Unless you're a Michigan fan. There's that. Go Bucks. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Laura, I don't have much else for this one. Anything else on your radar? No, because I don't think you want me to get on another Cam tangent because I think everyone yeah. listening to this episode is like, we get it. You love him. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll just start like a secondary Cam Atkinson podcast. I think that might be a little bit weird. I'll just be your producer. I'll sit no, in the back. I just think me talking to the void about Cam Atkinson is just like too much. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna self control like this scenario mainly because I I do want him to like let me bake for him or let us interview him yeah. one day and not have a restraining order. So fair. Do restraining orders count online? Um, I don't know. Probably. We don't really need to find out. Anyway, um, <laughs> what we do need to find out is how the good folks can follow us and engage with us on social media or how they can support us. And I know no other better person to do that than myself. So um <laughs> no, I'm playing. Let the good folks know where they can find us, Laura. I also just want to say that the it's all an overdramatic dramatization i'm not like a nutcase about cam just so everyone knows. everybody who listens to this show does know that about you actually okay, <laughs> um anyway so so yes if you want to follow our non-obsessive situation you can follow us on twitter and instagram um at subjectively pod you can find us on facebook at subjectively speaking uh, you can also check out our website if you are interested in learning more about us, our story, especially if you are new. Um, we didn't <laughs> we didn't mention this before, but uh, when we did the live stream, we got a lot of interesting questions about like what our situation is. So if you want to know about our friendship story, please read our website. Um, <laughs> if you want to support, Which I haven't actually said this, and I don't even know if you've noticed it, but it's been edited for like a month. I changed it. And like edited our bios and like did all that kind of stuff. So it's oh, even no. more up to date than than the last time y'all probably checked it out. So go check it out. Wow, thank you. I'm gonna have to look at it now too. So I, know. I definitely um, forgot to mention it. <laughs> I hope you didn't put too much about the inferno that is my life. But I guess I'll find it's that out for there. Myself. Your my bio is like six six little lines, and your bio is like the Bible. Okay, cool. Love that. Yeah, anyway, um, so yeah, if you want to support uh, your two favorite hockey podcasters uh, to go to next year's Cannonball, because there's no way in hell we're going to be able to afford to go to this year's, uh, check out our merch store, uh, subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com, where you can get a lot of cool merch with our fun, fancy logos um, on it, including our really cool, I just don't think it gets enough love, our really cool Lars Bar logo. Um, 
it's just really fun and i wish more people knew about it so spread the word if you've seen it we've got uh, to get him something that says we do around. we do have to send him um and then lastly you can rate review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on if you are on apple Podcasts, scroll on down hit five stars it is our favorite number Again, we don't know why it matters, but it does help us get noticed in the hockey podcast charts and helps to build our hockey community. And other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much. That we do. And more than ever, you're definitely going to want to follow along with everything that Laura just said because you won't want to miss all of our road trip shenanigans in Detroit. I know that's the basketball thing, but uh, I'm going to use it anyway for this. Uh, but until we get the chance to connect next time, hopefully we'll have a lot of fun stories to talk about from Detroit. Uh, and until then, take care of yourselves, and we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.